Thank you for tuning in to Sales and Enablement, the podcast. This week, Brooke Coletti joins Crystal and Daniel in the pod. Brooke is the co-lead of Women in Sales Enablement, San Francisco chapter, and a senior partner enablement manager at AWS. Some of the topics we cover this week are LinkedIn strategies, the power of enablement, and how to create a killer LinkedIn profile. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Reynolds, and you have tuned in to Sales and Enablement, the podcast. I'm the sales side of things. Crystal, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> I am the much better half of the enablement side. So I keep you in check, Dan. I, ena- I enable you. Somebody, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> we've got an awesome guest on today. I know her personally, and we've chatted a few times. We're in a lot of the same communities, but I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Dan and Crystal. My name is Brooke Coletti, and I actually lead the San Francisco chapter of Women in Sales Enablement, or WISE. And so I'm here today representing a community that I have found home over the last couple of years, and I'm excited to talk with you all today. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And WISE is one of those groups that we are a part of. I lead the Phoenix chapter. We've got to get our groups together, Brooke, soon. Soon. We, so. we really do. Yeah. That'd be a great conversation. And you know, what's interesting is that I found WISE obviously through LinkedIn and it wasn't, I didn't find them actually until I started becoming more active on LinkedIn, whether that was my posting and content or engaging with other posts, but I see that you're active on LinkedIn. I see you commenting and adding your insights on so many different posts all of the time, you know, How do you like to utilize it? I know I like to do my content. I'd like to hear from somebody else who doesn't do so much content, but definitely interacts. Yeah, I actually applaud both of you on your LinkedIn presence. I think it is fantastic the work that you both are doing because like you called out, Crystal, I think there's really lots of different ways you can engage in LinkedIn. And so for me, I'm not a content creator by any means, but I really enjoy learning from other people. And so I actually utilize LinkedIn to really network, build a community, try to meet other people in a similar field, or maybe that has a skill that I want to learn how to do it, but their job is completely different than what I'm doing. So I utilize LinkedIn to really see what new tips and tricks are out there. What are things I can implement within my onboarding programs and my enablement with my team? But also I utilize LinkedIn to really build that community. I think I found, like you mentioned, a lot of that community piece through LinkedIn. And I know there's a lot of communities out there, not just women in sales enablement. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what is out there. It has turned into this just huge thing for me. It's crazy. The last few jobs that I've got were because of my presence on LinkedIn. I didn't even actually have to apply to the role necessarily. I definitely had to interview, but I, I was approached and that's all from my, my content that I put out. It's, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I could take this over. But go. <laughs> you know, what I really liked about what Brooke said is that she found her niche on LinkedIn and it wasn't what you would think. Like when everybody looks at LinkedIn, they think content creation, right? And it's hard. It's, I think the great thing you talked about is having a strategy going into it and really defining your role and finding like where your comfort level is. And it's super interesting to hear about it because whenever I think about LinkedIn and my presence on LinkedIn, it's content creation. And it's not that one is easier than the other. It's that you need to focus on start somewhere and then focus on it and follow through with it. 
I agree. Like for me, I have two young kids. So the idea of building a video, like I don't really have time for that, but I want to engage with you and comment and show support within the community, within LinkedIn. And so I do agree that you can approach LinkedIn in so many different ways and there is no right and wrong. I think to your point, even if you just want a place to start, liking and commenting on things that you do enjoy looking at is a great place to start building your presence on LinkedIn. I think getting someone to see that you recognize what they're doing is a good start to building a relationship over time so that you can reach out to them. Hey, I see that you're posting this type of content and that's really interesting to me. Do you mind meeting maybe over coffee and let's dig into this. I'd love to learn more. And so I have utilized LinkedIn to land my next job, to meet people. I've also found that a lot of people love talking about themselves. So if you reach out to them and you're like, Hey, you're doing great work. Do you want to hop on a call and talk about it? A lot of people are definitely willing to do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, one thing, Brooke, that I noticed that you're really good at is like I said, you're really good at commenting on different others' posts and adding your insights. I know that when I first started on LinkedIn, I was afraid to do that. I was afraid to put myself out there. I was obviously with the, the great job. This is awesome. Not that, but I really offering my insights, maybe a different perspective even than what the post had said. What would you, how would you encourage somebody who maybe was in that boat? And maybe what are some things that they should think about to try to overcome that? Yeah, I think first is really just being comfortable with the knowledge that you do have. And I think I can speak for the enablement community, at least, because I feel like a lot of us have this learn and be curious nature about ourselves. And we want people to challenge our opinions, which I think is a little scary to put an opinion out there that maybe is not everyone's cup of tea. And so yeah. I do encourage if you're someone who's feeling uneasy about putting a comment on something because it's a different of opinion. Maybe you start with reaching out to that person one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, I'm interested to learn more about your perspective because I found it works better by doing this other way of doing things. And then over time, I think definitely, let me take a step back. My strategy is to be, no matter what the comment is, if I'm disagreeing with someone, I do frame it in a positive way because I'm never trying to put down someone else's way of doing things because it absolutely could have worked for them. But what I'm trying to put in LinkedIn is those difference of opinions. Because again, I think there's a million different ways to do something and get a, a similar, the same end result. And so I do think that people should feel empowered to share their opinion and yeah. realize that they're doing great things, even if it's a different way of approaching a similar situation. Yeah. It's like from the sales perspective and being active on LinkedIn, there's no question that wanting to learn and be curious are traits that everybody needs to apply when they're, what we're doing is we're prospecting, right? We're finding our targets, we're seeing their posts and we're commenting on it. But the one thing that's different about sales from enablement is we don't always want to be challenged. So I think it's a big difference between the sales and enablement for sure. That's um, interesting. Some enablers yeah. do too, right? I, I love it, Brooke, because it's, you're absolutely right. Is first being comfortable with that knowledge that you have. And if you're not comfortable, then get comfortable. It's, it, there's a lot, there's some work that has to be put in, but I think it just being, just is about being comfortable with who you are, finding your voice. And then whatever your perspective is, that is your perspective, right? And don't be ashamed of that. 
Other people might disagree with you. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's okay. I'm here for those that I'm here for. So that's the way that, that I look at things too. You know, what really brought me a lot of strength though, and a lot more confidence was when I started to meet other enablers. And the way that I was able to do that was through specific communities, enablement communities. I met someone who was now dear to my heart that she was really the first enabler who I felt like she represented me. She was somebody that totally resonated with, and it's Adriana Romero. And I met her through the trust enablement communities. What are some communities that you belong to and why did you join them? And what would you suggest for anyone else who's looking to gain that strength and gain that sense of community? Yeah. When I first started my enablement career, I was not always in enablement. I was actually in sales operations and I heard this concept of enablement. It was still dirt a lot of training, which we all have come to the point where enablement's not just training, but very early in my career, I just had no place where to start. And so that's where I found Sales Enablement Pro, where I'd watch some of their podcasts, read some of their articles, just to get a basic understanding of, okay, if I want to move into enablement, what am I getting myself into? And then I stumbled upon WISE, so Women in Sales Enablement. And that's where I joined within my first couple months of being within enablement. And that was this face-to-face -face community full of other women that I can be vulnerable in front of. And to me, being early in my career, I found being vulnerable and transparent with the struggles I was facing that my organization was facing really is what helped me grow and hit the ground running early in my career. And then I eventually branched out into other communities like the SEC. And then more recently, you see other communities popping up like Trust Enablement and Sales Enablement Squad, which is a Slack only community. And I actually, I joined all of them, but I use them for different purposes. So going back to Dan's point of the strategy, like using your communities with a strategy is I utilize each community for a different subset of knowledge because I found that the conversations have different themes. And so I found that with the women in sales enablement group, we cover a wide variety of topic and it, there's ch local chapters throughout the United States, as well as internationally. If you're interested in joining wise, there's most likely a chapter in your state, but the conversations are different amongst all the chapters based on the themes that we're seeing. And I know right now, wise our local chapter in San Francisco is really being hit hard with all these tech layoffs. And so a lot of the conversation that we're having within our community is how to update your LinkedIn, how to have a presence. Because like you mentioned, Crystal, a lot of the jobs have 300 applicants right now. And unless you have a mutual connection or someone that can help you get an interview or your foot in the door, it is very tough and competitive out there. And so we are talking about LinkedIn. We are talking about tips and tricks on interviewing. So how do you demonstrate that value of what you've done in the past, not only on your LinkedIn, but also through interviewing? Lots of communities are stepping up right now. So if you are actively looking for a job, I know most of the communities I have mentioned have lists of people who are actively looking as well as companies who are hiring. What I love is I feel like all these communities step up for their members and are really trying to help us all through whatever challenges they see their participants struggling with. That's amazing. And by the way, I mean, there's certainly no sales community that is open, like to the degree that I've seen, like with WISE and the other enablement, but it's a little bit of a different crowd and I can't speak for any other communities, but I'll just say this, like from the outside looking in, 
what an incredible resource these communities are for enablement professionals. And the amazing thing to me is that obviously the purpose of these groups wasn't necessarily to help like through challenges like we're all going through now, but what an amazing situation to have that right now where there's so many unknowns out there. And I'll just say from a, the sales side of things, like who do we turn to in times like this to help us fix our LinkedIn profile? Who do we turn to on tips for interviewing? Who do we turn to for open positions and for references? Like sales is really every person for themselves. And I have to say that I really hope that mentality changes moving forward because what an amazing resource to have right now, especially. You know what, Dan, what I've noticed though, is that the SDR or BDR groups, like they have a lot of community. Why do you think that is? What's the difference between that and like enterprise AEs, let's say? Because we're always trying to sell something. And like, from my experience, those are the groups that I see are like, come join my enterprise sales community. Okay, yeah. great. Looks good. That'll be $500. And you know, I'm like, that's not a community. That's like a program. And that's fine. Also, listen, that's fine. Also, but I think to answer your question, we're salespeople. We're all, we're looking to make a buck all the time, but it's not a, it's a selfish. And by the way, it's the structure of, it's the structure and the nature of sales and especially in tech. And we have also started to see, I've seen an evolution from the traditional sales floor, because it doesn't always work in PLG environments. It doesn't always work in what companies are trying to accomplish today. And in fact, it's not healthy to have this competitive sales environment. And it's a whole, it's another topic for another day, but yeah. I think that's the reason. It's just the nature of what we do and who we are as a result. But we're, I'm jealous. I figured. I, no, I really did. I thought of that. I was like, God, there's so many, there's so many great contributors out there, but it's, it just seems to always be, they're monetize, always monetizing. And I think enablement, on the other hand, there may be some monetization of obviously consulting services, things like that, but like communities, I guess like the SEC to be a member, you do have to pay like an annual membership for specific courses, but for the most part, though, I think as individual enablers, um, so much is put out. Stephanie, both the Stephanies put out the jobs and enablement. That is a lot of work that she does, curating all of it and then typing it up like she does. And I'm just blown away that she's she does that. I know so many different, I know Matt Salsi does a lot with the Enablement Squad. Wise puts out a ton of resources for our members. I just recently did the job interview questions to ask. I can't even tell you. Oh my gosh, Brooke, I did this thing where I don't know if you saw it, but I put out a document, a shared document. And I was like, Hey, here's a list of some interview questions. What I'd like from the community is let's just crowdsource some interview questions that enablers should be asking sales or leaders when they're going through interviews. Cause it's so important to find that fit. I had over 200 questions on there. I started with five. It was insane how many people contributed to it just to help out other enablers who were in that, who were in that position of finding a new job. But yeah, I'm so glad we're part of those communities. Now, I want to touch on something really quickly here. You had talked about your LinkedIn profile and getting it up to date and making sure that it's got that wow factor. So what are some things that you suggest or you can recommend on, on how to make sure that you're fully maximizing your LinkedIn profile? Yeah, I think the first thing 
I think you both touched on, which is really, what is the message? What are you good at? What is your, I guess you want to say personal brand that you want to put out there? I think start there because you want to stand out, right? What is a skill that you have that maybe not a lot of people have and then start there. So for me, it's funny. I think about myself and I'm like, what am I good at? And I feel like I'm good about with a lot of things, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an expert yet, which is why I'm constantly using LinkedIn to learn and try new tactics. Cause every company is also different. Where I always start is bulking up your experience. So any job that you've had on LinkedIn, make sure you have at least three or four bullet points of accomplishments. And I think metrics are the most important. If you go on my LinkedIn, I try to tie almost every single bullet point to some type of metric that I helped influence or I drove. And so we can go into metrics and that's a whole nother conversation. But I think, think about the metrics that you can own and the metrics you influence. Like as a sales rep, you help influence overall company revenue, right? You don't 100% own it yourself. It's the same thing with enablement, right? We help influence it. There's many different factors and many people that help drive that number. Um, but if there's something I can 100% own, so for example, I created X amount of trainings and X amount of assets that helped support the sales team last year, that's a number that I owned and that I feel comfortable putting on my LinkedIn. So I would also think through your accomplishments of your previous roles, whether in sales, for example, if you hit quota, that's definitely something to shout at the top of the mountain, right? Like you worked hard to reach quota or X percent over your target. So definitely include metrics. I would also look at job descriptions of companies and jobs that you're interested in, whether it's jobs that you have today or an aspirational job. So for me, if I want to be a VP, let's say as my next level, I've actually looked at VP job descriptions and I've highlighted things that I need to go and work on to build up my experience so that I can fit that job rec when the time comes, let's say. And then I also look for keywords. If I'm actively applying for similar roles and I notice that they constantly want a certain set of requirements and I have those, I'm going to put them on my LinkedIn because when they run the searches through their algorithm, my profile is more likely to show up so that a recruiter will reach out to me. So there is a little bit of homework involved, but I definitely encourage you to bulk up. I think the last thing I'm going to add is recommendations. So at your previous company, if there's people that think you are amazing, think you're great and have actual examples about how you move the needle or you contributed to culture, et cetera, ask them to leave a recommendation on your LinkedIn, because I found that people do actually look at those before they start the interview process. Really? I would have, I always thought like just in the last couple of years, I was like, who the heck reads recommendations anymore? But I guess they do need to update my, I've heard mixed feedback. There's definitely people still out there that are like, those are friends that are putting that on your LinkedIn. And so we don't fully, but I want to trust it. But I think it also speaks to your character as a person. Are there, is this person likable? Because if they were likable at their last company, they're most likely a culture fit. Again, these are things to get your foot in the door. This is not what's going to take you home. These are things that will help you potentially get an interview, right? So you have to still prove yourself that you're going to be a good culture fit, that you have the skills uh, to get hired. But I think it at least helps get your foot in the door. Yeah, that's great. You know what I liked about that is that, and also with this full, whole conversation, really is the way that you're bringing a strategy to everything that you do. And it's not an easy thing to do. And I want to just 
find out a little bit more about how, how you walk through that process. But just as an example, like what you just said with LinkedIn, like there's a part of it that you have to do yourself, right? Like it's up to, nobody's going to help you start building your profile and figure out what it should look like. You're also relying on the technology, thinking about the algorithm, and then you're also relying on others to give you references. So I think like that's an example of a really well thought out strategy. Maybe if you can just go into like how you come up with your strategies and the focus that it takes to execute. Yeah, I feel like I know or I have an idea where I want my long-term career to be. And so I actually start there and then I work backwards. So if I want to run an entire L&D department, for example, or an entire enablement department at a large company one day, what are the skills that I need to have and what leadership traits would I need to be able to demonstrate? And I think it takes a little bit of that long-term thinking to be able to work backwards to even start beginning to show your skills on LinkedIn that align to some of your career aspirations. And whatever your career aspirations are, I would just really think about what are the accomplishments you've already done or that you need to focus on in the next couple of years so that you can build up your LinkedIn. So this has not happened overnight, right? I started as an umpire, worked in the wine industry, moved up, worked as a manager in a call center, right? Like I have a very unique career. And I'd say I still have some target related stuff on there because I really drove some metrics and I wanted to prove that regardless of my job capacity, I can drive change. And so if you're at the point where maybe you are in a role where you haven't had that influence before, I would really think about the things you can influence. Maybe it's a mentorship program. Maybe you worked at your role for a couple of years. Maybe you can mentor some of the new hires coming in, right? That's something that you can put on your LinkedIn. And so for me, it's really thinking through at most companies, you have to goal set. So what were your goals this past year? Did you meet them? Um, do you have metrics that are tied to them? That's all the stuff that I put on my LinkedIn. And of course, everyone needs to be sensitive to their company. And if you're allowed to share certain metrics and targets that you have, but that's been my strategy is anything I'm proud of. I put on my LinkedIn, but then you mentioned other factors that I don't have control over, but I think that goes back to networking. So I met Crystal through Wise and I met you through LinkedIn, right? Liking and commenting on some of your content. And I think when I put a piece of content out there, you're now engaging with my content. And so over time, if we work together, let's say on a project, I may be able to ask you for a recommendation or you may do it on your own. So I think, again, this goes back to using LinkedIn as that community and whatever your comfort level is to engage. So it's interesting that you say that there's a strategy because maybe I'm just not aware that I'm doing it when I'm doing it, but that kind of is my, is just thinking through what am I doing in my day to day? And then again, tying metrics to it. Yeah, that's the enabler in you, Brooke. Tying metrics, <laughs> right? We're all, we all talk about that all the time. And I think, I think enablement is being squeezed very tight this year. I think that's the theme in, in the Phoenix chapter and just in other communities that I belong to seeing all of these layoffs, revenue orgs are saying, Hey, 
we need that impact. We need to see it. We It needs to be hyper-focused. The year of optimization, as I like to call it, and it's so critical for enablers to tie their metrics to what they're doing to their programs. I think, I think the same way. Mine's a little bit different, I think. Like we were talking about the strategy, I had two goals when I started doing my stuff, and that was to bring awareness to sales enablement. Very broad, but I wanted people to know who sales enablement was or what sales enablement was. And then the second thing was, I want people to see that I am a, that I'm an individual, that I'm a holistic person, that I am not just my professional side, that I do have kids. I am thick and that means I've got to deal with some things that others may not have to. I grew up in a certain type of environment and I wanted for people to really resonate with individuals as being holistic. So that Personal professionalism, I mean, definitely don't make LinkedIn like my Facebook, but I do, I, I mix it up a little bit. And so I think that people just have to figure out what that means for them, what LinkedIn is going to mean for them, if they feel comfortable. And as you said, anything that you do, see if you can tie some metrics to it. If it's something quick, like an Instagram reel, that's just funny. Obviously there's the impressions and things like that. But if it's something related specifically to what you've done, yeah, absolutely tie those metrics to it. So I appreciate that. I think you touched on something interesting. So when I talked about strategy, that was just how to stand out when you're looking for a job. So I just want to make sure that's clear, right? Like I'm not going on LinkedIn on a daily basis and I'm strategic about who I'm liking and what I'm doing. Oh yeah. But I think you brought up a good point is, and this is why I look so much up to both of you on the content creators, because this goes back to, and this is something I'm still struggling with is like, how do you break that barrier between being that professional self, which LinkedIn is technically built to be that professional social media platform compared to showing your true authentic self. And so for me, being someone that's more comfortable commenting and liking, I try to do that through the comments because I'm not that person that can be comfortable. And so I just want to take a few moments and applaud you for being vulnerable and speaking your full truth about who you are, because there are people like me who have two young kids that are in similar situations and it really resonates with, but I would never be the one that's recording videos uh, and posting them for everyone to see. I think it is wonderful to bring that awareness crystal for sales enablement. I think it's come a long way. I think we still have a long way to go, but I think both of you are making great steps, especially with this podcast too. You're having such a wide range of people speaking through different topics. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing content that you both have created. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for like that. A legend with this podcast thing. It, it's such an, it, we've had so many people tell us like, it, it's so interesting to have somebody from sales and somebody from sales enablement because his perspective is going to be so different from mine. And he has his own stuff too. It's not just the podcast, right? He's got his own stuff. He's got another podcast that is individual, just him. And he's much heavier on the, the sales stuff here. He's got it combined, but it's been an interesting ride. Wouldn't you say, Dan? Yeah, for sure. But also again, thank you for the compliment. But I think like with this, the strategy that you've taken on LinkedIn for salespeople listening, it may be more, it's more important to do what you're doing, Brooke, than it is to do what I'm doing for as far, as far as building your book of business and making the connections as much as great as this is. And we love doing it and it's great, 
Crystal mentioned some of the benefits that she's reaped from running this podcast. It's just one aspect of it. And I think, again, to go back to your strategy point, figure out what you what your voice is gonna what your voice is for us this is for me this is easy it's just my voice so i don't have to like it's the authentic me we're not i'm not putting on a facade so it's a lot easier for me to do this than it is really to comment on posts commenting on posts like yep it's writing now is a skill that a lot of us have lost and a lot of the people coming up in the industry never had to begin with but that's like where on LinkedIn, you can make a huge impact. And that's a, to me, that's a real skill. So to you, like I commend you on the job that you're doing there. But I think the message is find out what you're comfortable with. Maybe do what you're comfortable with, but also do what you're not comfortable with. Get better at it because that's how you grow. Yeah. To that point, I'm actually challenging myself to go outside of the box this year, especially on LinkedIn. I'm still going to be the commenter. I'm not going to be posting. I'm not going to be a content creator. However, I am challenging myself to broaden my network on LinkedIn because what I've noticed is I'm connected with a lot of enablement people, which I absolutely love. Because again, I learn many different tips and tricks, things I haven't tried, things I've tried and maybe I failed at and I want to learn more, but I actually do miss the sales side. So I'm not connected with a lot of salespeople. And I think Dan, you bring a very interesting perspective and I was telling Crystal this yesterday is that I'm really interested to expand and connect with some salespeople who are maybe more content creators, because I want to, again, my audience and my customers internally are salespeople, right? Who are going through the training certifications. And so learning more about what your persona likes, how it's received is super important too. And I think remembering that for me has important, has been very important. So I'm actually challenging myself this year to expand my network farther than where it is today so that I can continue to learn. I mean, that this, I, this, I think is the, is an amazing takeaway. And especially in the environment that we're all in now, like there are challenges come, and we don't know, like they're coming from all over the place. So I think this is a good way to control challenge. And, and I, I, again, applaud you for, for putting the line in the sand and saying, this is the challenge that I'm going to put on myself because this is how we grow. So that's awesome. Um, well, this is a great conversation. I really enjoyed it today. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been awesome, Brooke. I think so much has been discussed. We've talked about getting involved with communities, finding your voice, having a strategy, you know, how to maximize your LinkedIn profile, broadening your network. And sometimes you do need to take a step back and realize like everything that LinkedIn can actually do for you as far as your, your career growth and just that, that knowledge that you can gain from just simply networking with people. But Dan, did you have anything else for Brooke? Because I feel well, like- I think Brooke and I are probably going to have to open up our calendars and put some time for each other on there. And, but other than that, like really, that was a, that was an amazing, amazing session. Yeah, Brooke. Where can, oh, one more thing I wanted to ask you. We talked a lot about WISE, being that we're both part of this amazing community. If people are in the Bay Area, how can they, how should they go about if they want to join the community? Yeah, if you're interested in WISE, regardless of where you're located, we have a global website. And so I encourage everyone to go to wiseglobalgroup.com. And there's actually a button there that will have you fill out a form. You'll get routed to our global chapter leads who will direct you to the correct chapter leader to get you connected with your local chapter. 
And no matter where you're located, we have international chapters as well. And the global team does such a great job. They've hosted a couple global workshops. I don't know, Crystal, if you're able to attend, but they had the negotiation and compensation workshop a month or two ago. They're about to have an interviewing workshop. So I think there's a lot of great global things that you can attend if you're not interested in necessarily getting involved the chapter, like the local chapter level, and you just want to stay with the global group. But I definitely encourage you to check out the website, wiseglobalgroup.com, if you're interested. And we hope to see you in wherever you're located chapter soon. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There we're in what over 11 countries now, I think. Yeah. Um, and over 30 regions, something like that. So it's a pretty good group. And Brooke, if anyone wants to connect with you, how do they go about doing that? Where can they find you? Yeah, I'm absolutely open for connecting. I'm on LinkedIn, Brooke Coletti. I think my, you can just use that to look me up. So feel free to connect with me. I'm more than happy to meet with anyone, talk through whatever you're going through. If you need help bulking up your LinkedIn, happy to share some tips and tricks as well. Nice. All right. So, well, it was a good one. Go ahead, Dan. No, you always- Yeah, no, I was just going to say, if you're still listening, you've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you for that. We appreciate, we appreciate it. And hopefully you got something, some good tips out of the show, because there was some great, some really great topics that we touched on and some good takeaways for everybody to, to get to work. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank